0: that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in the heavenly places where you belong. I want welcome you too. Uh, this impartation service, wherever you are, whether here or out there, the power of God is hitting you already. Hallelujah. In a special way. Today is the final Friday night of 2018, right? We are even in Saturday. So it's 1 a.m. already. So we have entered the following day already. Hallelujah. And I know the Spirit of God is here to impart you. And stabilize you establish you and take you to the next level of your life hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah. are you glad to be here yeah. so it's it's not a teaching service it's an impartation service there are different kinds of services we have prayer services i don't understand why you would teach at a prayer service prayer service is prayer so we are praying Hallelujah. Yeah. I remember we used to have some very wild prayer services where you come in and we are just praying. Yeah. Yeah, pray. Prayer chain, right? Yeah. You do three hours. After you are done with yours, you go, another group follows. Next year, we'll do some words again. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Sometimes, because we would think it's a ritual, God will take it away for some time and bring it back once again. So God doesn't want us thinking in a ritual, you know, ritualistic way. So he'll take it away. We'll be fasting at the beginning of the year, isn't it? So during the fast, we'll be having 24-hour unbroken chain of prayer. Do you like such things or you don't like such things? Yes. We've done it so many years. You'll be surprised. It is one of the things that has contributed to our quick growth. Yes, don't ignore it at all. It's very powerful. You see, so we pray from um, 6 a.m. on Friday morning, isn't it? And it ends at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. Yes, so throughout the nights, different groups, different companies will come in. I think we're doing it according to uh, was it companies? Yes, so your company will come. You come no announce. Everybody knows the prayer topic already. So you just come. Legros <laughs> katafali shonona adale flagash you speak in tongues with comments with full stops exclamation marks and and question marks. You speak tongues and madajuli shula glaski na yado vela asuti ni glankish kanaya. I just pray. It's a prayer meeting. It's not a teaching meeting. Then we have teaching meetings where you teach the word of God. We don't commit a lot of time to prayer. We pray for five minutes and we start teaching. Yes, we teach. Teach. And that's a very important meeting as well. Then there are worship meetings. We're well, just worshipping the Lord. Worshipping the Lord. Praising the Lord. You know, being grateful to Him. Then there are believers meetings. So normally when we have, have questions and answers, it's a believers meeting. It's for believers. Do you see? For believers to say something. To contribute. Bring a question for... question to be answered for further explanations in the scriptures and uh, what we are going to have today is an impartation meeting a meeting that is established because it was organized in in the New Testament and I'll show it to you in the scriptures it was organized, they had to organize it for people to be imparted to be established, hallelujah so get ready for some impartations of some spiritual gifts. For the next level of your life. Of life. So I'm just saying. we well, are no, two things to help your mind. Do You get it? Uh-huh. Or else we'll be laying. Four hands on empty heads. Uh-huh. It's important. Your head has something. You know the scriptures. You know the word of God concerning what is happening. So that you are not remiss concerning what's going on you can understand what is going on and you would know what to expect okay you know your responsibility your part in in what we are going to do hallelujah the, the main means by which we are going to do the impartation is laying on of hands okay laying on of hands see laying on of hands, on of hands. because it's scripture it's scripture that we lay hands for impartation okay lay hands for impartation there's the doctrine of laying on of hands in the Bible. If we read in Hebrew chapter chapter six from verse one, let's look at Hebrew chapter six from verse one. He says, let's read it together, one and two. One to go. And of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. These are six very important foundational principles of Christ. Without understanding these things, you commit a lot of blunder in the body of Christ. A lot don't understand the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. That is why they behave the way they behave. And if you were here last Sunday, those of you who are not in this particular church, In in alphabet, are from other branches. You should be listening to podcasts. You know, podcasts. You know, we have a podcast. If you're not listening to podcasts, you're actually not following. Do you see? You are not following what we are doing. (laughs) You don't know what is happening in the church. Uh You don't know. You see, we have direct traits in this church that we are creating, we have a direct trait for training programs that we are creating. Okay, there will be a director in charge of the directorate of training programs. Pastor Kobe is the director in charge of programs and events. Okay, he's going to be the director of programs and events. You have two deputies under him. We have kids and teens directorate. We are establishing partnership directorate. You may not know about it, but we are, that's what we are doing. It's, we've started already. Hallelujah. So many directorates in the church. We have graduate and member mobility. <laughs> directorate, building, construction, and acquisitions. Eh? Acquisitions and building, construction, Directorate with a director with his deputies. Yes, there are many things that we are establishing in the church to help the church grow. Yeah. But there's a Directorate called Research and Development Directorate. We have a directorate like that, Research and Development, and that is where I am. Yeah. I'm in Research and Development. I'm not in any of those directories. I'm researching research and pushing the thing forward. So if you are not following what I am saying, you don't know the development that is coming in the church. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You don't, you are not aware. You are, you are caught up on something that happened some years ago, and that's what you are still thinking about. But something else is happening. Reverend George is also part of research and development. We are all in research. Research people are into prayer. And finding out what God would want us to do so that we can can do what God wants us to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or you don't like what I'm saying? You don't like such things? So as time goes on, these will become, they will have offices, you know, up there. It will be labeled so that you can go and see them for anything if you need direction concerning something. So I said all that I said to let you know that I preached on resurrection of the dead and how your body is very important. It's a very powerful message. I preached it last two weeks and continued last week. I mean, not just this past Sunday. So you may be here and you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a foundational doctrine that is needed and required for your life. Without that, you will commit a lot of blunders. You will be into fornication because you don't understand resurrection of the dead. Yes, you don't understand. You don't understand eternal judgment. I even spoke about eternal judgment as well. Different kinds of judgment. Yeah and the judgment that is for you and I, and how we stand before God and give account of ourselves, what are you going to say when you stand before God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These are doctrines. They are teachings in the scriptures. Okay? Teachings that are needed. If you don't understand that, you will not be able to understand what Christ is all about. You will say you are in Christ, but you 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 don't really understand what you are in. You don't really understand what you are in. Okay? You must listen to the word of God we've preached. Yeah. So that you can have understanding. Without that, you can't have understanding. You wouldn't know what is being said. Okay? So part of the six-fold foundational doctrines of Christ is the doctrine of laying on of hands. Is a doctrine. Is a teaching. Doctrine means teaching. Meaning that every child of God must understand this particular thing. It's the foundation. If you don't, if you don't know ABCD. You will not be able to write any sentence. Is it true? You need A B C D to be able to get SO so G O Go L O Low M O Mo N or no, Q or co, something. Is it not true? Just imagine if they taught you that M O is low. and S O is Go and G O is so, and you are trying to construct a sentence. You make a very huge mistake. Yeah. Just imagine if you went to school and they told you that 1 plus 1 is equal to 4. And 2 plus 2 is equal to 8. And 3 plus 3 is equal to 9. Will you be able to calculate anything in your life? You got the foundation wrong, so you can't build anything. That's how important these things are. So if you realize that you are bereft of what we are seeing, like doctrinal baptism, you don't know what it's about. Resurrection of the dead, you don't know what it's about. Repentance on dead work, faith towards God. You, you don't have any idea. And it's not that we have not taught these things. We have taught them. We have archives. <laughs> so laying on of hands is one of the foundational doctrines. It means that it's very important. It's like G O Go. It's like so It's like one plus one. If you don't get that, you can't do differentiation. Dy, D X x squared plus eh? s cube s x to the power three plus x to the power two plus two x. You will not be able to understand what is going on. You will think they are speaking gibberish. But it is a very powerful tool for calculating things. You do you know differentiation and integration? Integral of you don't know those things. How about menstruation? Menstruation. Do you know menstruation? Not menstruation. Menstruation. Hallelujah. (laughs) So it's a very, 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 very important aspect of Christ laying on of hands. Okay? And we lay hands for various reasons. The first thing is for ordination. For ordination purposes. Acts chapter 13 from verse 1. Acts chapter 13 from verse 1. Now there was, there were certain, there were in a church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called, Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manain, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, they were just ministering to the Lord and they were fasting. They didn't have any plans. As they were doing that, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul, for the work unto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Have you seen it? When they had fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and... They sent them away. They ordained them for the work of the ministry that the Holy Spirit had already prompted them concerning. So when they heard that the Holy Spirit speaks to them, they didn't say, Oh, God has spoken, it's okay. You can go. No, they laid hands on them. So before anybody can do anything in the in the house of God and do anything in the in the kingdom of God, he must be, he must have hands laid on him. It's, it's called the principle of the body of Christ. Hands must be laid on you to Eject you into the thing that God wants you to do, or start you out on the thing that God wants you to do. Okay, it's for the nation purposes. And as hands are laid on you like that, you are brought into the office that God wants you to be in. He brings you, and the office has a place, a seat where you occupy. It's called a room. You occupy a place in that in that room. Okay, you are given a desk in that room with secretaries and workers in that room. Not human workers. I'm talking about angels that will go with you. Special angels that will do the work of the ministry with you. (laughs) Okay? Praise the Lord. Uh, And they will help to do what God wants. Because, you see, ministry is such that it can be done. How many times do you think pastors pray? How much do you pray throughout the day? No, not at all. Do you have times where you are thinking about other things? Plenty. Yeah. You can't do everything on your own. So we work, with the, we work with the Holy Spirit and his angels with respect to what we are doing. Okay? Huh. So whilst we are sleeping, the Holy Spirit and his angels are working on the people. You are going to car, You've not prayed in the bus. There's an accident coming for you. I may not see it. But the Holy Spirit and the angels that we work with know what is going to happen and they'll go ahead of you to search things in place for you. Have you seen a president moving before? If the American president wants to come to this country, do you know what will happen? They will send CIA, FBI, ahead of time to come and prepare and check the system and see the possible places where people can bomb their president and secure all those places before the president comes. Why? Because he occupies a certain office. All those things go with the office. Before Trump became president, if he's coming to Ghana, we don't care about him. Do you care about him. Don't really care about him, we don't, we don't really mind him. But when he became president, he inherited all the things that come to the office. Obama became an ordinary man by virtue of his exit of the, out of the office, he left the workers there, he left everybody there. Do you understand? Uh-huh. And this guy also came with another group to come and do things. So, the, the office the, there's the office of ministry, which is a spiritual thing, okay, that happens. There are angels in this church. The angels will love economy. They have love economy on their mind. Anything concerning us is is, is concerning them. Concerning them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we lay hands so the presbytery lays hands on you to put you into that office for you to be able to function. Even though the Holy Ghost has spoken to you, you need that. So Jesus is the Son of God. But before he starts his ministry, hands had to be laid on him. John the Baptist had to lay hands on him. Several things happened when John laid his hands on Jesus. That's why Jesus told John that, Suffer this be so, so that we can fulfill all righteousness. There were so many things that were done. All righteousness was, was fulfilled. Jesus was, Jesus was turned into the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. At the same time, he became the priest of God that will fulfill the the commands of God by killing the lamb and submitting the blood of the lamb in the Holy of Holies. Are you seeing it? God Jesus was from the tribe of Judah and he needed to do a priestly service. Yet, Judah is not the one that is committed to doing the priestly service. It's Levi, the tribe of Levi, that does it. And John was in the tribe of Levi. So John laid hands on him to commission him into the ministry of the priesthood. For him to become a high priest. A lot of things happen through simple laying on of hands. It was it's like Jesus what was Jesus baptized for? What do you think he was baptized for? To take away John was baptizing for one reason. He was baptizing with the baptism of repentance, okay, in a way, in, in waiting for the coming Christ. Look at Acts chapter 19. The way you are looking at me it's like you don't understand what I'm saying. Acts chapter 19, let's read from verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not as much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Then he asked them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. So let's see what John's baptism was for. Then said Paul, John verily baptized the baptism of what? Repentance. Saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. So what does Jesus go for the baptism for? Is it for repentance to wait for himself? Certainly not. It was for the purpose of laying on of hands. Okay? And it wasn't going to be done in a certain corner. It had to be done before everybody. It had to be done in church. In John's church. And John's church was outside there by Jordan. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's very powerful. For bringing you into an office and giving you all the things that are needed for the office to function. Acts chapter 6. Let's read from verse 1. And it came in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied. There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in their daily ministration. This is what happens when church growth comes. Complaints, memories all over the place over unnecessary things. <laughs> Hallelujah. As church grows, that's when people start thinking about who has, who has a car. Has a church bought a car for this person? Has it built a house for this person? Has it done this for this person? Has it done that for that? And they forget the people they are supposed to minister to and the places they are supposed to go to. Hallelujah. So, because of the problem that they had, then the 12 called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason, it is not good that we should lead the word of God and set tables. It is not good. So, pastors must be left to read the Bible. Do you get it? pastors I shouldn't be the one painting the the place I shouldn't be the one doing the decorations I shouldn't be the one doing this epoxy floor I shouldn't be the one fixing the lights my job is to read bible and prepare myself to come and do what I'm doing now that is my job and every pastor especially a branch pastor must be left to do those things so that he can because it's not a joke to know what to say do you think what I'm doing is a joke remembering scriptures and going here and coming there and going here it's a lot of work But it's not you may not think it is work until you do something. When you do something realise that hey no joke. Do you know what it means for one person to follow you to your church and believe in what you are doing? I remember when the church started and we said that our name is Christword Incorporated. When you go to preach and you say this actually, what is the name of your church? You say Christ Word Incorporated. They say, Ah Christwhat? Christ. Christ. we are saying nobody knows the church, the church's name. And it is difficult for anybody to believe in you and hence follow you. We have persons who are suffering along that line. Because what you mentioned, love economy. Love what? And then all of a sudden, a conversation starts. God intentionally gave us that name so that you can pick conversation anywhere you go. When you mention your church's name. Okay, so what does it mean? You get an opportunity to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Yes wherefore brethren look ye out among you seven men of honest reports full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom whom we appoint over this business so these people are going to help the apostles to do something in the church and before they did that he says but we'll give ourselves control to prayer and to minister the word and they chose men and the same place the multitude and they chose Stephen a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and Philip and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas and a proselyte of Antioch whom they set before the apostles, they set them before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. When they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. When they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. For what purpose? To bring them to be able to do their work. It was seven tables. O. It was like it was nothing. Was it something? It wasn't, it wasn't anything. Except What does seven tables mean? Dining hall prefers you. Do you, know, you need laying on of hands? You don't need laying on of hands. But they were wiser than that. They knew what it meant. They knew what it could do. So they laid their hands on them. They prayed. Look at says And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. So the prayer is different from the laying on of hands. Okay? Hallelujah. Do you understand? When they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Why? So that they can be able to do the work. So that they can occupy a certain office. The office of a deacon. A helper. To be able to be a proper help. This is the art of taking the spirit that is upon them. To be upon the their, their newcomers, the people who are coming to help. When Moses, Moses' father-in-law came to him and saw him judging Israel. He was surprised that Moses was sitting down from morning to evening. Talking to people. Different meetings, morning to evening. The man was shocked, and he was thinking about what his daughter was going to do. His daughter and his grandchildren were going to do because Moses had two children with the, the, the daughter. So he advised him that my, my son, in order for you to have a very nice life, just appoint others to do what you are doing, so that they bring the appoint people to to be leaders over fifties, over hundreds, and over different groups. And when they have a difficult situation, they bring it to you so that you can pray to God more and be a mediator between God and them. And the same, but but you see, the, the priest, he was a priest of God. So he said that if God commands you so, if God commands you, then you should be able to do it. Then you should do it. But Moses went ahead and did it. And when he appointed people to come and come and help the ministry, the people were destroying the work rather than helping. Why? Because hands have not been laid on them. They just appointed them and called them. Okay, you, 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 you are over 50, you are over 100. You are. They give them problems. Fast forward, that, this happened in Exodus chapter 18. Fast forward to Exodus chapter 32, 28, 32. They, these same people stand before Aaron and, and tell him that, up, make us gods. Yeah. Yes, up, make us gods. Hallelujah. It's amazing. So, it, fast forward to Numbers chapter 11. Moses, even though he had appointed disciples to be part of the work to help him, he still had a very huge burden. Let me show it to you. Numbers chapter 11. I'm sorry, this is not my message, but I'm just showing you the importance, okay, of laying on of hands. Numbers chapter 11. Let's read. We can read from verse 11. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? Why have you afflicted your servant? Ask a neighbor, why have you afflicted your servant? Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore, why have I not found favor in your sight? That you made you lay the burden of all these people upon me. You lay the burden of all these people upon me. I thought he had appointed leaders to bear the burden with him. But because the spirit was not, was not upon them, the spirit in him was not upon them. They couldn't do the work. The, the work was still a burden for him. Have I conceived all these people? Did I give birth to all these people? Have I begotten there were three million? You was asking God, did I give birth to all these is three three million people? That you should. Say unto me, carry them in your bosom as a nursing father buried the suckling child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers. You see, if your if hands have not been laid on you and you've been brought to the ministry, you will not have this feeling. Go back, verse 12. It says, Carry them in thy bosom. As a nursing father buried the suckling child. You will not have that. So there are pastors who are professional pastors. They don't care about them, you don't care about anybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? No like they don't think about the church in their bed when they are sleeping they are thinking about other things it's a job that they go to and close and come home you No. Know? if you are really called of God and hands have been laid on you it will be a constant bedding 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 for you remember brethren our labor and travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you we preach unto you the gospel of God verse 10 Ye yeah, are witnesses and God also, how holy and justly and humbly we behave ourselves among you that you believe. Verse 11. As you know, uh, uh, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his children. Have you seen this one? Yeah. Jump to verse 6. Verse 7. Eh? So being affectionately desirous of you. Let's read from verse 6 right, to, be make, to make more sense. Nor of men sought to glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. He says, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished her children. Have you seen it? We were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished her children. Let's read the amplified of this verse. But we behaved gently when we were among you, like a devoted mother, nursing and cherishing her own child. Next verse, verse 8. So being thus tenderly and affectionately desired of you, we continue to share with you not only God's good news, the gospel, but also our own lives as well. For you had become so very dear to us. Yeah. You have become so very dear to us. If us have not been laid on you, you don't even like the people. When they come with their problem, you say, hey, stay back. Stay back. Someday. You'll be like that uh, ruler of the synagogue whom when Jesus healed somebody in the church, he, Jesus healed the person in the church on, on Friday, on Friday afternoon. He came and said, hey, you people. There are many days in a week. There are six days in, in a week. If you want to be healed, come during that time. Don't come on Sunday morning and come and be healed. Sunday mornings were other things. We don't like these things. Someone who was bent like this for 30, how many years? Was it 12 years? Some long time. All of a sudden, has been straight, made straight, and he's not happy about the miracle. He's a pastor, but he's not happy. He says, you people, why are you doing these things? You should come during the week. You are spoiling the service. What's all this? Yeah. That's why ministry can take people to hell. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The burden was still there. Go back to Numbers chapter 11 where we're reading. The burden was there. As a necessary father, bear the suckling child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers. Verse 13. Where should I have flesh to give unto all these people? the people were asking for meat. For they whip unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I mean, if. You are not a correct pastor. How would that concern you? Give us, I don't have flesh. Right? Why go away? But it was bothering him to the point that he spoke to God. God, what should I do? Next verse. I am not able to bear all these people alone because it is too heavy for me. He was still bearing it alone, even though he had appointed people. And the Lord said, If thou do can," he says, Kill me. The burden is too much. Kill me, I pray you, out of thy hand. Out of hands. If I have found favor in your sight, just kill me and let me not see my wretchedness. And the Lord said unto Moses, gather me unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, and officers about them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. Next verse, and I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take of the spirit which is upon you, and I'll put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. How are you saying it? They shall bear the burden of the people with you. Yeah, how? Because I shall take off your spirit and I shall place it upon them. How does that happen? Laying on of hands. The Bible says that Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid hands on him. It's very important. Very, very important. So, that's the first reason why we lay hands. Okay? For the purpose of what? Ordination. Ordaining you. Or putting you into the work of the ministry. Okay? Purpose number two, for healing. Why do we lay hands? We lay hands for the purpose of healing. Mark chapter 6, verse 5. For the purpose of what? For healing. Mark chapter 6, verse what? Let's read for verse 1. So it makes more sense. Jesus went to his own hometown and he was praying for the sick. When he prays for them, he prays for someone who's blind to open his eyes to be open. The person will say, I can't see anything. I saw you when they were putting that diapers. He can't see, but he's blind. But he remembers when they were putting diapers on Jesus. I remember very well when they were putting diapers on you. I can't be. I can't be healed. And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. They were moved, saying, "From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such." mighty works are wrought by his hands mighty works are wrought by his hands say by his hands mighty works are wrought by his hands, it's very important you see this one, mighty works are wrought by his hands next verse it's not this the carpenter the son of Mary the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, if it wasn't because of this we wouldn't have known Jesus' brothers and sisters they mentioned their names is this, is this not, is not this a carpenter, the son of Mary? It wasn't just his father who was a carpenter. He was a carpenter too. Yes. And of Judah and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. They were offended at him. They were, they were not happy. Familiarity. But Jesus said unto him, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. So when, you, when you're when you a prophet and you find yourself in this category, in this group of people, you should know that you shouldn't expect much. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go back, go back, go to verse 4. A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. That is why Bishop Dag in his own country, may not work a miracle. But when he travels to Burundi, where he says, receive your healing, someone who is not even thinking about healing, receives healing. Yes, it's not his country yes why do you think healing school is not in nigeria they don't believe they are criticizing yeah it's a difficult thing to minister in your own country for people to believe you and trust you and say that truly for instance there's, you, you you can you may you may be surprised that you as pastors will not believe that we are we can do a healing service like we are doing healing service i'm laying hands on people and people are being healed you'll be looking at me like this like <laughs> do it and let's see you may be surprised that it may, it may happen to you. May it not happen to you in Jesus' name. May you always believe, no matter what. May you believe when we are entering new areas of ministry. May you believe beyond teaching, only teaching service. May you believe into healing services as well. Amen. Next verse, verse 5. And he could then do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands. You see, he laid his hands on what? On a few sick folk. And healed them. Not prayer. He laid his hands on a few sick people. And healed them. Prayer is not mentioned. He laid his hands on a few sick people. And healed them. (laughs) So there is a power in the laying on of hands. Okay. Let me show you more. You realize that they don't have. They they, they may not. Jesus may not pray. Just lay hands. Just lay hands. Or touch somebody. Because a touch. The laying on of hands, that's something. It's not its not even the prayer. It's the laying on of the hands. Are you seeing it? So laying on of hands is a doctrine. It's a belief in the church. That you must have faith in. You must have faith in what it can do and what it does. That when hands are laid on me, this is what happens. That's why it's a teaching. It's a teaching so that you can have faith in that teaching. Do you understand? Yeah. Or you don't understand? Just as um, healing is the teaching that you must have faith in to be able to get healing. Okay? Or righteousness is a teaching that you must have faith in in order to be able to walk in righteousness. When you are talking about righteousness, we are not talking about prayer. We are talking about righteousness. You must have faith and you must believe in it that God has made you righteous and be able to walk in that righteousness. You get it? So laying on of hands is also a teaching. It's a doctrine that you must believe in. So that when hands are laid on you, you have faith in what is being done. Go to Matthew 8, verse 15. Matthew 8, 15. Go up. Let's read from verse 13. This is Peter's mother. And Jesus said unto them, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And the servant was healed in the self-same hour. Next verse. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. The mother was sick of a fever. Look at the next verse. And he touched her hand. Did he pray? Do you see any prayer there? And he what? He touched her hand. He just touched her hand. And she arose. The touch is what caused her to rise. And He touched her hand and she arose and ministered unto them. Are you seeing it? So the touch, there's something in the touch. Say there's something in the touch. We don't have to say anything but a touch can change something. A touch can push you into something. A touch can make you receive something. In scripture, I'm I'm just showing it to you. So believe in, have faith in the touch. That the touch can do something. When they touch me, let me show you. More scriptures. Mark, same book, same chapter. Let's read from verse 22. Mark 8, 22. And this Jesus, Jesus. And Jesus cometh to Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man unto him. Look at this. They brought a blind man to Jesus. A blind man to Jesus. Read the rest. One, to go. I'm using it. They besought him. What does it mean to be sought? They what? They asked him to touch him. Why? Because they believed. They didn't say pray for him. They said touch him. Eh? he says And they took a blind man to him, requesting him to put his hands on him. Just put your hands on him. Are you seeing it? <laughs> it's called the doctrine the teaching of laying on of hands they requested to put his hands on him next verse, verse anything. and he took the blind man by the hand and went with him out of the town and when he had put water from his mouth on his eyes he spat on his eyes <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah and put his hands on him no prayer he said do you see anything do you see anything next verse And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands on his hands again upon his eyes. He put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. No prayer. He just put his hand on his eyes like that. For some time. Do you see? The guy says, I see men as trees. And he puts his hands on again. And he's restored. Touch touch. It's, you, see, you see clearly that the people believed in the touch, in the laying on of hands. They believed in laying on of hands. And Jesus also had faith in laying on of hands. No prayer. There were places where Jesus prayed for people. And said some things to some people. But in these places, you see that he's just laying hands on them. In Mark chapter 1, one man came to him who was leprous. I think that healing touches me so much. He asked Jesus, if thou be willing, thou can heal, you can heal me. And Jesus said, "I am willing." Then the next thing He did was He touched him, and when He touched him, He was restored every bit whole. He was restored completely by a touch. Say, "There's power in a touch." Power in touch. Say it again. There's power in a touch. Can I to show you more? Yeah. I have more scriptures for you. <laughs> so, as they touch you, say, "As they touch me, as they touch you, I am ready." Don't, don't worry whether they pray, they say something or not. Just a touch. Yes, just a touch. That's why we can go for a meeting. I don't know if you remember, those times we go for a meeting, there are plenty of people. Then the man of God just touching people. We just touch and move, touch and move, touch and move, touch and move. And you wonder, ah, well, he's just touching. He didn't say anything when he came to touch me. He doesn't need to say anything. You must have faith in the touch. Because there's a doctrine of laying on of hands. You must have faith that when I'm touched, and laying on of hands does not only mean putting hands on your forehead. If we touch you like this, it's a touch, a handshake. So if you are conscious of a handshake, something can pass on to you. It's a touch. Do you understand? Man? Yeah, that's all you need, just a touch. Say a touch. Yes. That lady really said, "If I may but touch the hem of his garment." She didn't pray. If only I may touch the hem of his garment. Jesus said, "Virtue has left me through a touch. Virtue left him." Virtue <laughs> left him. Mark chapter 7, verse 32. Mark chapter 7, verse 32. I'm not teaching, I'm just showing you something to help your mind. Am I helping your mind? Yeah. And they bring unto on him one that was death and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. They act, put. Just put your hand upon him. That's all. Just put your hand upon him. They know that the guy is a powerful walking around. So his touch is a miraculous touch. Something can happen by his touch. They, they say this guy is hes deaf and cannot speak. And the people have so much faith. Touch him. They, they beseech, beseech him. Put, put your hand upon him. Look at what Jesus did and he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears and he spit and he touched his tongue and looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Ephata, that is, be opened and straight away his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain touch, touches, ears, mouth I mean, Ephata, open say touch Touch. say it again, "touch." touch Can I show you more? You'll be surprised. It's so powerful. Mark chapter 5, verse 22. Jairus. You remember Jairus? How many of you remember Jairus? And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. Jairus knew about the touch. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly. He besought Jesus greatly, saying, My little daughter lied at the point of death. I pray you. Come and come and come and lay thy hands on her and that she may be healed and she shall live. Jairus had faith that when Jesus comes and lays his hands on the daughter, something will happen. You remember that before Jesus got there, she had died. They were having a funeral. Jesus sacked all of them. Look at verse 41. Same book, same chapter, verse 41. And he took, look at, when Jesus got there, go up, go to verse 40. And they loved him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in with the, where the damsel was lying. So they went into the place where she had died. And he. Arise. arise. That is this prayer. Damsel, I say unto you, arise. The power is in the touch. He touched and Damsel, I say unto you, arise. Simple. No complications. There's power in the touch. There's power in the touch. See a touch. In touch. In touch. Say it again a touch. In touch. In touch. Acts chapter 28, verse 8 and verse 9. Paul was stuck on an island and the ruler of the island was sick. So look at what they did. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick. Let's go up. Go to, let's go to verse uh, 6 so that we can understand him more. Okay? Who is Publius? How be it, they looked when he should have swollen. You remember the bite of the serpent? Uh-huh. He was not dying. When they realized that he was not dying, they said that they changed their minds that he was a god. Isn't it? Can you read it to me? In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. Verse 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. How is it? Paul entered in unto him. He prayed. Then he laid his hands upon him and healed him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, the disciples, the apostles, they believed in the doctrine of laying on of hands. And guess what? This is not, It's not just for the disciples and Jesus Christ. Though. Mark chapter 16. Have you read Mark chapter 16 verse 15 before? Let's read Mark chapter 16 verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Next verse. And these signs... Say these signs. these signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. First sign. In my name shall they cast out devils. Are you a believer? Nah. So this is the first sign that you are a true believer. The fact that in the name of Jesus you can cast out devils. You shouldn't be afraid of casting out devils at all. At all, at all, at all, at all. At all. Don't be afraid of devils. It's like there are so many devils in the system. That is the easiest thing. Is the first thing. Jesus, in my name they shall cast out devils. Yeah, there are demons all over. Who bring thoughts to you? Sometimes that thought is coming. No, no, no. This one is from. there. I cast you out in Jesus' name. Yeah. Then the next, he says, they shall speak with new tongues. Do you speak with new tongues? Did you struggle to speak with tongues? Do you struggle to speak with tongues? Blast in tongues right now. And let's see. Kolabashala. Same way you have to cast out devils. When you are casting out devils, do you want to speak in tongues? You ask. You wonder whether you are, you are right, you are righteous or not. Do you? Do you No, 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 no. You just speak in tongues. (laughs) I mean, it's not under consideration. It's a sign of the believer. Are you a believer? These are the signs that follow you. As simple as ABCD. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Hey. Someone is saying, I'm looking for the nearest snake so that I can pick him up. It's figurative, you know it's figurative, right? Yeah. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Look at Luke chapter 10 verse 19. So we understand serpents. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents, serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be able to hurt you. He says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Are you saying it? Yeah. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. What is the power? He says, "I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions." He says, "And over all the power of the enemy, because serpents and scorpions are actually devils, demons." He's talking about devils and demons. You understand? Uh, They shall take up serpents. You will tell them what to do, and they obey you. They know they are under authority, so they know they will follow you. They will follow what you say. If you say out, they will not say menko. Unkatch na way. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Did he say, they shall lay hands on the sick and pray? They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So when you lay hands on the sick in faith, they shall recover. We speak in tongues in faith. We cast out devils in faith. We, we mention the name of Jesus in faith. You understand? Yeah. Huh? So the most important thing is that we, you are a believer. And a believer can know the fact that you have faith. Okay? They shall lay hands on the sick. Why? Because there's something in our touch. It's not only Jesus. Jesus has imparted that to us. There's something in our touch. We don't need to pray. We lay hands on the sick. And they recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's the second reason why we lay hands. And it's for all of us. It's for everybody. And the next point, number three, is for special miracles. For special miracles miracles. Acts chapter 5 verse 12. For special laying on of hands is for special miracles. Say special miracles. Special, special miracles. When we see a miracle, a miracle is not, healing is not the same as miracle. Multiplication of bread is a miracle. Isn't it? Is it related to healing? It's not related to healing. Walking on water its a miracle. What? It's not possible. A miracle is the intrusion of the divine into the physical to change something in the physical. Okay? It's an intrusion from God into the physical to change something that is physical. To change, to suspend time, to suspend matter, you know, those things. It's a miracle. It's like, hey, what is this? I see what I'm talking about. So miracles are not necessarily healings. There's healing and then there's miracle. So laying on of hands is for healing. Specific. And it's also for miracles, special miracles and signs. See special miracles and signs. Special. Read this one to me. One to go. And by what? Yeah. By what? Yeah. By what? Yeah. And by the hand of the apostles by the hands, not by the mouth of the apostles, by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's court, by the hands, say by the hands, hands. say it again, by the hands, by the hands hands. hands of the apostles were many signs, many signs and wonders wrought among the people, Many many signs, many signs, many signs. Go to Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Am I helping you? Yeah. Many signs. Ah. When you touch your business, a sign should happen. Yeah, it's not normal for the thing to be working, but to start working, because you have touched it. You must believe it that as I touch this thing, miracles. Yeah, your shop may be at the corner, but that's the shop that we most visited, because you are there. Why? You are touching that shop. You have touched that shop. Something out of you has pushed into the thing. It's a doctrine. It's called the doctrine of laying on of hands. Read it to me. Want to go? Have you seen it? It says, "And God wrought special." Go back. Go to verse eleven. And God wrought special, He worked special miracles by what? by the hands of Paul, by the hands of Paul. So Paul would lay hands on aprons and handkerchiefs, or some would leave his body, that anything that touched his body, when they left his body, Bible says that he healed the sick, and those who had evil spirits had the evil spirits leaving. Special miracles, special signs were wrought by the hands of Paul. I see it. the hands, say the hands. It's not figurative. He's talking about his hands. Okay? He's talking about his hands because there's something in a touch. You see, the hand is the easiest portion of the body to touch with. Is it true? It is not catchers to touch with the leg. It is not catchers to touch with the bottoms. Or with the tummy. Or with the head. Can you imagine if you are laying hands like this? That's what I lay Or you are laying hands. Like this. Or you are laying, laying bottoms. That's why it says, and by God rose special by the hands of Paul so that from his body you see, because the hand is is the easiest portion of the the body for touch. But he blessed you know that it was actually a touch touch on him meant your miracle. It meant your glory. Special miracles by the hands of Paul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next reason why we lay hands is for the infilling of the spirit. 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 Acts chapter 8, verse 17. We can read from verse 15, so it makes more sense. Acts chapter 8, from verse 15. Go up, go to verse 14. Hallelujah. There are two places in the, in the New Testament where we see the infilling of the Spirit happening through the agency of the Spirit. Okay? Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost came, the first time the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, obviously he entered the room where they were, filled the whole room, and he filled them. And they began to speak with tongues. You see? Then the second time we see that happening in a similar way was at, at, uh, in Acts chapter 10, in the centurion's Cornelius, right? In Cornelius's house. As Peter yet spoke these words, The people were believing so much that as he yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell upon all of them and they began to speak in tongues. Have you seen it? Now, apart from these two places, almost everywhere you see the infilling of the Spirit. And then the the third one is when the disciples prayed in Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 4. They prayed and the whole place where they were was shaken and they were all full of the Spirit once again. That is the third place. Apart from these three places, all the other places you find any infilling of the Spirit with respect to a man of god and a person it had to do with laying on of hands this is one of the first ones he says now when the apostles which at jerusalem heard that samaria had received the word of god philip had gone to samaria and had preached powerfully there were miracles signs and wonders that were done by philip's hands they saw plenty of things that had happened but philip had not prayed for them for them to receive the holy ghost because that he did the first work of leading them to christ there's a second work of getting you filled with the holy spirit so when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, what did they do? Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Next verse. How did they do it? For as yet he was falling upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them. They laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. They laid their hands on them. And they receive the Holy Ghost. So the laying on of hands can lead you to the infilling of the Spirit. When we lay hands on you, you can be failed. And anything can happen with your life. Anything can happen with your life. Now, look at Acts chapter 9. Look at Acts chapter 9. We are, ent- are come to enter into the practical aspects of what I'm talking about. This concerning Ananias and Paul chapter 9. Let's read from verse 17. Read it to me. One to go. And Ananias went his way and putting his hands he did what? He put his hands on him and he said brother Saul the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou might receive thy sight and be filled. We failed. So two things happen at the same time. He was healed and he received the influence of the spirit. So laying on of hands, that's not, it doesn't only really mean that one thing will happen. Anything can happen. Hallelujah. Anything can happen. You can be filled with the spirit. You can receive your healing and you can have plenty of things happening to you. Plenty of things can happen to you in an instant. Hallelujah. Don't you like this doctrine of laying on of hands? Like it's, it's a power from God. Yeah, some people despise it. Some people don't teach it. They don't do it. Some people also do it. They they make it a a routine, a ritual. You get it? Uh But God doesn't want you to be like that. Okay? You must be in the middle. You must be balanced through the word of God. What does the word of God say about it? He laid his hands on him and he received the sight and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what happened. Are you seeing it? Okay. Go to Acts... Chapter 19. Let's read from verse 1. We've read it today, but I want to read it to you again. And it came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And Paul, and he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And he said, Unto John's baptism. And Paul said unto them, John, verily baptized with, baptism, with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, that they should re- believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. Verse 5. And when they had this day were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hand upon them. When he laid his hands upon them. We don't have to say anything. What did he, he just laid his hands upon them. When he laid his hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So today you speak with tongues and you prophesy. Special prophecies will come out of your spirit like that. Wherever you are, as hands are laid on you, there must be a touch. That is why your pastors over there will be touching you. Because they are full of the Holy Ghost to touch you. Hallelujah. The touch brought the presence of God. There was an impartation of the spirit. There was an impartation of the spirit. For him, for him to fill them. Okay? The infinite of the Spirit is too important for a Christian. Without the infinite of the Spirit, you will not be bold. Your boldness will have a problem. Without the infinite of the Spirit, your touch will not mean anything. Your touch will be an empty touch. Why? Because you don't have boldness. You don't have faith. You don't believe that your touch can do something. Do you understand? So the infilling of the spirit is what aids you to be empowered to do what God wants you to do. Your miracle is in a touch. Your miracle is in the infilling of the spirit. Okay. Last point, point number five. Reason why we lay hands. Why do we lay hands? for imparting spiritual gifts for the purpose of your establishment. Hmm? For imparting spiritual gifts for the purpose of your establishment. And this one is the big, I think it's a big one. The infinite of the spirit is very big. And this one too is very big because the infinite of the spirit comes with gifts, activations of the gifts of the spirit. Okay? Romans chapter 1 verse 11. Read this to me. One to go. Why did Paul say, I long to see you? Because he needed to be there. To touch. You understand? For I long to see you. I long to be with you. So that I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts. To the end, the reason for this impartation of the spiritual gifts is that you may be established. The word established is sterizo. Let me show you what it means. Say sterizo. Yeah, sterizo. Romans chapter one, verse eleven. Sterizo. Sterizo means to make stable, to make you stable. So if you realize that your your life is not stable, <laughs> yeah, you can be a Christian. Your life is not stable. Today, you are spiritual. Tomorrow, you are in Tomorrow, you are, you are this. Today, you are like this. Tomorrow, you are like this. There's no, you've not had one week, one clear week of you and the Holy Ghost are just fellowshipping. And not one clear week. It has not happened in your life for a very long time. You need, house has to be laid on you. You have to become stable. You are not stable. You are like Artington Road. Do you know Road? To make stable to place firmly to fix to fix you firmly how you seeing it Mm -hmm. you must become stable in the knowledge of God that you have you should be able to remember some scriptures you've seen the scriptures but you don't remember them it is not stable in your mind it is not fixed in your mind it is not set on you laying on of hands can set it for you so the apostles did this they did this special thing they did it every, every time they had special meetings for that like we are having now yeah to establish the disciples to establish the people to confirm they call it confirmation confirmation is not going through a certain class it's I'm going to show you then it also also means to strengthen you can be a Christian and you realize that you are without strength against pornography When Paul shows up, you can't do anything. It's like the boys are not in the church. And the girls are also not in the church. It's like you don't know what I'm even talking about. May the Lord help you. May the Lord help you. When the lady touches you, you are without strength. Weak, you. You need the touch of the Holy Ghost. You need hands to be laid on you. You need to be stabilized. You need to be strengthened. Uh, he says, "I am. I, I. can't wait to see you. I can't wait, so I can. I can impart unto you some spiritual gift. and Paul was not conscious of what exactly it was. Some spiritual gift." some spiritual gift. So, there's nothing like... Sometimes, uh, when propitiative came, and I was laying hands on some people, they wanted to go to them for him to lay hands on him. Because in their mind, they felt like the power is there. It's not where I am. Oh yes, she. Oh yes, she. but my... I, like, it's not that you don't believe me, but at that time, it's like, pastor is not really... Like, the way I was laying hands fast, fast, I was just... Pa- 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 and I'll go pop, pop, pop. Some people force not for. I don't care. I just because it is not. You didn't. Some didn't know. No, no. Almost, sir. Almost, sir. <laughs> so there was a lady amongst us that I call. I I, I was when I lay hands. I just see things as soon as I lay hands. I'm just. I'm just seeing a lot of things. But because of time, I can't talk. you get it? Uh-huh. Prophets is a prophet. Prophets don't care about time. Oh, you've not read the Bible. Prophets are not, they are not time. They don't have anything to do with time. It's not their fault. It's part of the office. The office has nothing to do with time. Yes. So, they are, in fact, your life depends on their timing. Yes. Yes. Someone delayed in coming. Saul so did the sacrifice. Just when he finished, someone showed up. Says, you have done foolishly. That was the end of his ministry. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. that's how it's, it comes with the office but pastor, the pastoral office comes with the consciousness of time that's why a pastor can stop preaching at one hour he says he's finished, my time is up you think someone is timing him nobody in the church is timing him he can preach and continue and continue it's the ministry, it's the pastoral ministry it comes with time, it's a clock of time it comes with, the pastoral ministry is it's human oriented, it's yeah. care oriented do you get it? Yeah. if you are in a prophetic prophet's church You can fast for 70 days. 70 days. 6 to 6. And every day is a prayer meeting. And the church is full. The church is full. Everybody's praying. Everybody's there. The church is full. Do you know 70 days? Everybody's fasting. It is not. If the the people leave that church and go to a church, they can't do that. There's, There's an office. They are inside the covering of a certain office. That gives them the ability to do that. And they are such ministries are assigned with special, they will, they are not into branches, they are not into those things. It's not their fault. They have a special assignment to pray for their world. And their prayers what pushes those who are called into establishing churches to be able to do the churches that they are doing. It's the body of Christ. God works in his own way. You understand? So you see that a pastoral ministry is not they are not praying much, but it's like their branches are just going fast, 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 fast. It's because God has committed some people somewhere to be supplying prayer for them. The two of them don't know that they're actually doing something in relation to it. They can be criticizing each other, but God knows what is happening in their body. They can even be criticizing each other. That's why you don't have to criticize people like that. You don't have to criticize ministries, criticize people. So this lady, I just, I just, God told me, talk to this girl. I got a lot of, I got this one, talk to her. So I called her, I said, listen, this, 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 this. She was, she was shocked. She didn't come. Yeah, she didn't come for hands to believe on her. That's what She said, God told me that she didn't come, so I called her, called her. I called her. I said, one, two, three. <gasps> yes. How did you know? <clears throat> she was shocked. Then, later on when we were talking, she said, I didn't want to even come to you. I wanted to go to Prophet because I felt that the power was over there. I didn't use like you were just moving around, so I was surprised that. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> so sometimes, eh, sometimes you have in a church. I'm a pastor, I'm not a prophet, prophet, prophet. I'm a prophet, but you understand, mm-hmm. I'm growing. Yeah. Hey. But I'm in the pastoral office, and it shows. You get it? I, I, I didn't call myself a pastor. Because I was producing results, I was called a pastor. Uh-huh. Now, someone in the congregation, I've had this several times. There are people in the congregation who are prophetically oriented. And they want to have, it's like they want their ministry to show forth. So they think that they must be under a prophet in order to be able to do the prophetic ministry. They think that the prophet must lay hands on them for that ministry to show forth. But it's a very big mistake. I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual. gift. Paul did not know what exactly he was going to pass on to the people, but he knew that something was going to pass on to you. Why? Because whatever you need, whatever you require, is inside this vessel. Now, so some you can I, I've learned how some people I don't have a, a certain gifts manifesting in me at a particular time regularly. But when I lay hands on them, they start They start manifesting it seriously. <laughs> yeah, start manifesting it seriously. Why? I passed on to them some spiritual gift. It was interpreted, it manifested the way the Holy Ghost wanted it to manifest in them when the hands were laid on them. Do you understand? It's according to your faith. And what you are thinking when hands are being laid on you. What are you going to do? It's up to you. So don't think that, oh, Pastor T is not a prophet. I have to look for some prophet somewhere. Oh, a lot of people have fallen off the thing. they are fallen off the house of God. And ha- Someone sent me a message recently and said, I've wasted f- five years of my life in another place because I felt that you, you weren't going to help me. Now I know that I've been a foolish person. Do you, will you receive it back? I said, no, oh, I never sacked you. Come back. Yes, I never sacked you. I mean, I don't sack people like that. I believe in everybody. We don't sack people. How many people have been sacked in the church? Just from one or two people. <laughs> I've sacked, but just on one or two people. I mean, that's one or two. Those ones, we couldn't help them like that. We had to sack them. So there's something, don't say that. This pastor, sometimes you, we are laying hands, and it's like this particular line, everybody's falling. When they go, they just fall. When they just fall. When they go, it's like, then everybody starts moving to that line. So that it's like the power is over here. You have made a mistake. You have made a mistake. You have made a mistake. Have you seen some people? Yeah. So you, you, you can go. <laughs> you can go. I'm waiting for this one. I am not going. You're just I'm waiting for this. One. You have made a mistake. Because the whoever it is that is laying hands on you is packaged. It's a package of the blessings of God. <laughs> Look at Romans chapter 15. See how Paul said he was going to visit the Roman church. Hallelujah. Let's read 29 from verse 25. It's nice. But now. I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it has pleased them of, of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are Jerusalem. It has pleased them very and their debtors they are. For in, if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, they, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. And I am sure, he says, I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Did he say, I'll come in the fullness of the prophetic blessing? I'll come in the fullness of the whatever blessing, of the evangelistic blessing. I'll come in the fullness of the gift of word of knowledge. I'll come in in the fullness of the gift of word of wisdom. Did he say that? I'll come in the fullness, in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. That is how I will come unto you. And when I come on, just I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts. How am I coming? I'm coming in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Whatever comes to you will, be, will manifest itself in you the way it wants to manifest itself. It's the Holy Ghost. So the impartation, it says some spiritual gifts. We pass out the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that is passed out. Let me show you a scripture. Go to Ephesians chapter... Chapter three, verse twenty, Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty. If this is possible in a man's life, then you can have anything from that man. Wow. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Continue. No, no, go s verse nineteen rather. I've jumped one verse. He says, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that he might be filled with all the fullness of God. Of his fullness have we received. Grace for grace. So of the fullness of the servant of God, you can receive grace. You can receive wisdom. You can receive prophetic anointing. You can receive whatever it is that you were expecting to receive. You can receive from that particular vessel that is there. Yeah. <laughs> amplified. Look at the amplified. Are you understanding the word of God? Yeah. Yes, that's what So was. So don't say that, hey, this pastor, this pastor is powerful. This one, I, can't, I don't really know whether she's really powerful. I don't know whether she even prepared for the meeting. It's none of your business. What are you expecting? We've had men of God who they didn't even know. They were so tired they didn't want to even pray. But the people believed in their touch. They took their hands and put it on their head. And they became fine. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence, and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. And this is what Paul said Paul said, I'm coming to you in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ that's how I'm coming so what do you want tell me about what do you want what do you want and you see that thing may not even be operating in your life it doesn't have to operate in your life because you are not all that God wants to do it's called the manifold wisdom of God God shows some in you, he shows some in others it's called the body of Christ to one, he's given the the word of wisdom for the profit of all you understand? to another he's given this, to another he's given this for the profit of all, so depending on what is required and needed for you at that time what we are going to be doing is that we are going to be activating spiritual abilities in you we are going to awaken spiritual abilities in you that's what the laying on of hands is going to do for you. Do you have any expectation in your heart? Or you don't have any expectation in your heart? You must have expectation. Look at Deuteronomy 34. Hallelujah. Verse 9. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. He was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hands upon him. He was full of the spirit of wisdom. He was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hands upon him. For Moses had laid his hands upon him. Moses had laid his hands upon him. He was full of the spirit of wisdom. Do you see any place where they say Moses had the spirit of wisdom working in him? You don't see it happening anywhere. It, it, was, it was showing forth in his ministry. But you don't see it being categorically mentioned. You will never see it anywhere. But when he laid hands on Joshua, he was full of the spirit of wisdom. Hey, today you are going to be filled with some spiritual gifts an activation of a gift that has been dormant in you. Look at Second second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Paul is talking to Timothy, he says, Wherefore I put you in remembrance. That thou stir up the gift of God. He wasn't specific. He didn't say whether it was the Holy Ghost or whatever. He says, Thou stir up the gift of God. Which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. By the putting on of my hands. I put my hands on you, and something happened. You receive the gift of God. Sometimes you say it's the Holy Ghost. But Charlie, it? it's generic. It's really generic. You don't know whether it's which what, what exactly it is. Say, stir up. That is why I would remind you to stay up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God. Have you seen it? The gracious gift of God, the inner fire. He put something inside him. He laid his hands on him, and something departed from him to him. That interpreted itself as divine. A certain divine graces, the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. This one is not with those of the elders at your com- ordination. This is not it's not ordination time. The ordination one is, is in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Look at first Timothy 4, 14. You see that one there. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, and with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. This happened when they were ordaining him. The presbytery laid their hands on him and they prophesied over his life and they passed on some gifts to him. So he said, No, don't neglect that gift. It stopped by laying on of hands anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, but in the other one, Paul had had a certain encounter with him. Some laying on of hands had gone on somewhere. Paul was telling him, Listen, remember. Remember to stay the gift of God that is in you. Which is in the How? By the putting on of my hands. I put my hands on you and something happened. Today, so I'm going to put hands on you. And something will happen in your life. What do you want to see? Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. I just tried to teach you the doctrine of laying on of hands. I'm done. It's almost 3 a.m. Can you imagine? So the rest is for... When it's 4 a.m., they will close. If, if your venue, 4 a.m., you are, you are some people are lying down, they are boozing the spirit, leave them. Maybe they will be there till 6 a.m. We don't mind. Today's Spiritual? 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 Um, um, ah, ah, something look at this one. Let's read from verse, let's read from verse 3 so that it makes more sense. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord Himself and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? Verse 4 God also bearing them witness, God bore them witness with what both with signs And wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the holy ghost according to his own will gifts of the holy ghost guess what the word gifts here is not charisma the word gifts here is merismos the greek word is merismos and it means distributions it means partitionings okay distribution so what he's saying is that and distributions of the Holy Ghost according to the will of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I, see what I'm talking about. I don't know if another person will say it. But if, am I am I lying? Is it not Marisimus? It's Marismos, a division, a partition, a distribution of various kinds of separation, so far as to cleave, asunder, or separate, dividing hmm? to part, to divide, to give something over. Hallelujah. How are they doing it? Through laying on of hands. How was the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the divisions of the Holy Ghost being done? Through laying on of hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as hands are laid on you, there's a a distribution of the Spirit. We are going to be giving, because I'm full of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to be giving you of that fullness. And what you receive, okay, can interpret itself in your life according to the will of the Holy Ghost. BBE, let's read the BBE. Bible in basic English. And God was a witness with them by signs of oneness and by more than natural powers and by his distribution of the Holy Spirit at his pleasure. The distribution of the Holy Spirit at his pleasure is the distribution of the Holy... So we are going to be distributing... We pass the Spirit out. A man of God cannot give you anything. He just passes the Spirit out to you because he's full of the Spirit. And when he passes the Spirit out to you, Whatever your desire is, or whatever the Holy Ghost wants to accomplish in your life, it interprets itself in that way, according to His own pleasure. I seeing it. Yeah. All you need to do is to receive in faith. Receive in faith as hands have been laid on me. Have an expectation because spiritual gifts is by desire. What is your desire? It desire spiritual gifts. Desire. What desire do you have? Do you want to see the word of wisdom working in you some more? Do you want to see the spirit of knowledge working in you in a greater proportion than it is working now? He says, they laid hands on them and they were established. They they fixed them. They strength, They were strengthened. They were stabilized. They were fixed. They were strengthened on the present truth. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you can't remember some scriptures. L- l- hands are laid on you. You just, you just remember. Sometimes people ask me, how come you remember so many scriptures? Hands have been laid on me. Some hands have been laid on me and I've received interpretation. I've received ability to understand and to remember. Yeah, things have been cleared for me. Like, hey, I didn't know it was like this. Look at Acts chapter 15. Let's read verse 30. So they, being sent away, says, So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle. They delivered a the letter to them. There was a letter that was written to them, okay, to give to the Gentiles. Which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. Verse 32. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words. And did what? And confirmed them. The word confirmed is episterizo. It's the same thing, it means to stabilize, to establish. How did they do it? Paul said, I can't wait to see that I may part I unto you some spirituality to the end that you may be established. These people came, they taught them the word of God, and they stabilized, they episterizo them, they confirmed them, they stabilized them for them to stay where they are spiritually. How? Through laying on of hands. So today your life is going to be stable. Hallelujah. You see, because we are entering 2019 in some few days. You must enter with a certain stability before you go. So that you can be consistent as God will have you. Because next year, God is going to be multiplying you by five. He will be multiplying you by ten. He will be taking you higher and farther than you have ever gone in your life. In In the name of the Lord Jesus. 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 It is time to be stabilized. It is time for some spiritual gift to be imparted unto you. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 24 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.